had a really difficult conversation yesterday. One of my students sent me a Facebook message. His student is a young man, a young black man, a young transgender black man. One thing the student has told me on numerous occasions is that in my class, he feels safe. I remember one conversation in class where he came out and said that he was trans. He was transitioning at that time. His voice was getting deeper, he was getting whiskers, and he was brave enough to talk about it in my classroom. This is a big classroom with 166 people in it. The word safe comes up often in our conversations. LGBTQ students in my classrooms often say the same, that they feel safe there, and they definitely do not feel safe in other places. They tell me horror stories about how other students treat them, how other teachers treat them. A lot of my students are from inner city Philadelphia. Others are from Baltimore. I tell them this often. I feel very protective of all of my students. All students are vulnerable. We tell them they need to go to college and then we charge them an arm and a leg for it and we put them into crippling student loan debt. It feels bad enough already to be a college teacher in these times and I'd hate to make it worse by not creating a classroom environment where people could feel safe to say what they think and to feel what they feel and to express what they want to express. So that's the background for this conversation. Yesterday at 3.32 p.m., one of my students sent me this picture. This picture is of Caleb Campbell who says, if I told you that I went for a three mile run today and during that run, I was chased down by two white males in a truck, shot and killed, for no reason whatsoever, and those two men have yet to be arrested. Actually, I think they have been arrested. Would you believe me? The only thing I was worried about today while running was how far I could run before my knees started to ache. That's called privilege, and we have a massive problem with it in this country. Running while black is not a crime, but allowing those who continue to prey on black lives to walk free most certainly is. Hashtag justice for Ahmad. Hashtag Ahmad Arbery. Hashtag run with Ahmad. I had no words at that moment to tell my student, my friend. So I sent this video. Nina, if I can just get your reaction as, as a human, as a black woman, as a mother of a black son, you know, what do you think when you see that? Well, Chris, right now I'm, you know, holding back the, the tears. They, they hunted him down. They hunted Mr. Aubrey down. And to be black in America is to be suspect. So let's be clear, or people are acting uh, mortified. This is not the first time that this has happened to an African-American. This country has a long, distorted, dangerous history of treating African-Americans, and particularly African-American men, as somehow they are born criminals and that their lives, our lives, don't matter as much. Hence, black lives matter. And no American should be comfortable with this. It is something that the black community has faced for generations, and it really hasn't gotten better in the 21st century. This is 2020, and Mr. Aubrey could not jog down the street. They said they thought he was a suspect. That is the excuse that a whole bunch of white racists use, that black people are suspect, our very existence is suspect. And yeah, that could have been my son. My son is a millennial. And as uh, both of you know, my son is in law enforcement. And so this breaks my heart in ways that are hard to, to hold the emotions back. And 
I can't only imagine how his parents feel. I believe that his birthday is tomorrow. He was going to be 26 years old. And so jogging while black, breathing while black, just existing while black. And so we're going to continue to get these kind of reminders until we face the facts that racism on the systemic side and also on the individual side, anti-blackness too, because those are two different but equal things. Anti-blackness and racism exist in this country and there needs to be some truth and reconciliation. The fact that that father and son felt very comfortable, very comfortable, they didn't flinch to shoot this young man is a stain on this country. And if I might, uh, Crystal and Cigar, I want to uh, re- let people know that Color of Change is uh, launching a justice campaign, Justice for Our Move. And if people will be willing to text JUSTICE to 55156, again, text JUSTICE to 55156, please support Color of Change's campaign to bring some justice to Mr. Aubrey and his family. Um, they're never truly going to get justice because we can't bring him back. But we need to fight like hell to make sure that justice is served and something like this does not happen again. I'm I'm shook, really. Mm -hmm. And every time I see that video, I'm I'm shook. It's really sickening, Nina, because what it makes it especially galling is that these, you know, these like guys are running around like Rambo thinking that it's there. This is a former police officer, Mr. McMichaels. He thinks that he has the authority to make a citizen's arrest of a so-called suspect. And it's like, you're not a police officer. When you, If you think that you see somebody who's committed a crime, you can call the police and ask them to handle it. That's their job. Taking it into their own hands, it's like vigilantism at its absolute worst. And as you, as you point out, this is the excuse for a lot of the hate crimes and lynchings that we saw in the 1920s and 1930s in the same part of the country. And that's what makes it just so galling and disgusting. This happened in Georgia. I lived for a couple of years in Columbus, Georgia, and that neighborhood in the video, if you haven't seen the video, you'll you'll probably see it soon, looks a lot like the neighborhood I lived in, in Georgia. Right, and you're right, just dial 911. Hello, I mean, just do dial 911. And even if you were making a citizen's arrest, how did that turn into murder? Right. Really? And then people have to recuse themselves, as, as, as you both know, because of the connections that they have to the shooter because of his uh, past profession. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. What do you think needs to happen now, Nina, like today, like right now? And why did it take so long? Like, why did we have to see this video, this horrific, unbelievable, unconscionable murder? Why did we have to see that before any action was taken? Because Crystal, black people always have to prove if there were not a video, his mother was told that he was involved in a robbery because all black men are robbers. Oh my God. We were suspects. Our, 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 our very birth and existence in this country makes us suspect. I don't know how people will get this through their heads. And so had there not been a video, that story would have probably continued. So thank God for camera phones. Thank God for smartphones. Because a lot of things that have happened to black people, the, 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 the normal excuses would have been acceptable because we are black. 
We need some real truth and reconciliation in this country. So what happened to Mr. Aubrey cannot happen again. What happened to Tamir Rice in my city of Cleveland, Ohio, a 12-year-old boy? What can't happen again? What happened to Trayvon Martin should not happen again. But as long as we continue not to address this and until some video comes out to shock us again, we just continue to forget. We're becoming numb to this kind of stuff. And for the black community, this is par for the course. We're sick of it. You know, really. I mean, really absolutely sick of it. And we need some real allies in this country. Stop playing games. Some arrests need to be made and made right now. But they didn't do that. Imagine had that been a white boy and a black and, and a black father and son had a gun down a black a white boy and what would have happened in the United States of America. Something is wrong. It is in our DNA. It, it is in the soul of this country and we got to deal with it. Certainly. And I'm, I'm just really um, very hurt by this because I see my son in him. Him and my son are around the same age. So my student reacted to that video, my student who feels like a son to me, who's told me that I feel like a dad to him, my student said, my heart hurts seeing this. I have so many thoughts on this, but Nina was right. We have become numb. I said, I have people that I love. That's why it hurts. That's what it will take. We have to lose people we love. And the student says, I, however, know so many beautiful souls who are not numb to this and never will be. And it hurts me because only viral shooting with a video gets attention. When shootings, murders, and so much more happens like this every day, black people in the U.S. are being denied help during COVID. It's a large topic. I can't even begin. That's a point worth mentioning about COVID. Poor people are disproportionately affected by COVID. And black and brown people are disproportionately affected because of poverty. We have to be moved by this so that we change it. Nina said we need allies. We need comfortable suburbanites to say, this hurts us too. Unless comfortable, affluent, educated people come to this table with everyone else, we won't get it figured out. This is going around on Facebook. We are not all in the same boat. We are all in the same storm. There's an aircraft carrier and other boats of different sizes. Some of the boats are tiny. Some of the boats cost more than other boats. Some of the boats can handle the storm just fine. And the tiny people in the tiny boats, they don't look like they're doing just fine. I believe we can help each other all get better boats. I even think that we can change the weather. Be that as it may, storms still will come. I said to my student, we have to lose people that we love like they are our own children. If we don't love like that, we'll never figure it out. And my student said, I was pulled over on the second for going the speed limit. Profiled. I'm sorry, man. Your post says it. If I told you I went for a three mile run today and during that run, I was chased down by two white males in a truck, shot and killed for no reason whatsoever. And those two men have yet to be arrested. Would you believe me? Yep, that post says it. My student said, being of color in America is eggshells. That's all I can say. I said, all I have to worry about is my sore muscles. But if they take my children who are black, then I feel something like what I need to feel. I don't know how we got so callous. My student said, not when will change come, but let fucking change come. 
Humans don't like change. COVID is a change. We all adapted. Killing others because they don't look like you has been the slowest change for generations. I said, the earth may need a reset. The student said, the galaxy needs an automatic reset. Honestly, I said, I love Nina. I can't watch her cry and not bawl too. We have to love each other the way she loves. Love is key. Heard some songs from my playlist from pop music today. It was very uplifting. Definitely miss speaking opinions and feeling free in a safe space. That one came at 1.02 this morning. I wrote back at 6.34 this morning. I will do my best to keep you safe until the powers cut me down in retaliation for that. They don't want any of us to feel safe. And that brings me to the point of this message. The powers don't want us to feel safe. They don't want any of us to feel safe, but they're willing to dole out some safety to those of us who are nearer the top of the pile. But they want us to feel smug and superior and condescending so that the masses won't ever climb up close enough to challenge the oligarchs, the masters. We're all taught to think, well, I don't have it so good, but at least I have it better than some of those other people over there. And then we don't want those other people to go to school with our kids. And we don't mind if lots and lots of them get locked up for stupid charges that we would never get locked up for. We get pissed off if somebody takes a knee when the national anthem is sung. The truth of the matter is that the masters have houses. We can figure out where they live. Yes, we need justice for the crackers down in Georgia who did this. Yes, we need justice for them. But when will we figure out where we really need to apply justice? The masters could change this, but the masters will never change this unless the comfortable people come out of their comfort zones and stand up together with everyone else and say, enough is enough. Let me be as clear as I can possibly be. Unless comfortable people are willing to stand up with everyone else, we'll never fix this. We're all in the same storm. We all need to survive together. What can we do? One thing for sure is we can stop voting for neoliberals and neoconservatives. We can insist that all the politicians we elect give a shit about things like this. And most of all, they give a shit about economic justice. They want everybody's student loans to be forgiven. They want everyone to be able to have access to a free public education all the way through an undergraduate college education, if that's what they want. We need to take care of our climate. We need to take care of our planet. We need single payer Medicare for all. We need to stop imperialist wars and we need to dismantle the prison industrial complex. And we can only do all of this if we all stick together. Bill Clinton and Barack Obama contributed every bit as much to this problem, if not more so than Ronald Reagan, both Bushes and Donald Trump. We need to insist together on a new kind of politician and a new kind of politics. Nina Turner would be a good kind of person to follow into this battle. I'd follow Nina anywhere. One thing I know for sure, we have to stop voting for the status quo. Only privilege allows us to continue to vote for the status quo. We have to stop doing that.